Mannequin Longbeard, a story from Lithuanian folklore. Read from sacredtexts.com. Crack, bang, slam, bang, bang, crack. Listen to the laughing wizard. In a certain village, there was a landowner who had a wife. Though married long years, they had no children. Both of them grieved very much over this. At last, however, the wife had a little son, whom she named Martin. The mother loved the child very much, and he grew up to be so strong that no one could overcome him. When he was but 20 years old, he felt a great longing to journey through the world and begged his father to have a smith make him a long, strong iron staff. Except for that, he did not want anything. So the father drove to town, bought some iron bars, and gave them to the smith to make a staff. When it was ready, the strongest man alive could scarcely lift it. Martin, however, grasped the staff and swung it around like a feather to and fro. And then, to try it out, he threw it into the air. As it fell down, he caught it and broke it in two. So now the father had to go back into town, buy more iron, and have it forged into a better staff, stronger this time. And this time, it was such a staff as Martin wanted, unbreakable. When it was ready, Martin, to test its strength, threw it into the air, and falling down, it struck so deep into the earth that it was a day's work to dig it out. Finally, Martin took leave of everyone and set out on his travels. After he had been on the road for many days, he met a smith who was carrying a large hammer and who said he was very strong. When Martin proposed that they should travel along together, the smith agreed to the proposal. And as they went along, Martin asked the smith how strong he really was. The smith said, When with this hammer I give just three strokes to the biggest tree, that tree has got to fall. Martin said, Well, when you have chopped it, I'll stop it from falling with my great staff. So it was in truth. When they came to a very great and thick tree, the smith chopped it with just three strokes of his hammer. But Martin, as it fell, propped it up with his staff so that it could not touch the ground. By this, they knew that both were strong. As they wandered on together, they met a tailor who said that he was not very strong but that he could sew so swiftly that in one day he was able to dress a man from head to foot. That pleased Martin and the smith, and they said, Come with us. We are both strong enough, and will let no misfortune harm you. So the tailor went with them, and the three wandered far and wide. And after a long time, they found in a wood a very small, neat little house. Its owners, it seemed, were dead, but there was food aplenty on hand in the cupboards so they agreed to stay there as long as it pleased them. After a few days, it came into their heads to go hunting, to shoot game. One of them, of course, must stay home and look after the food. They agreed that the one who knew the most about cooking should stay at home. The tailor said, I understand that matter best. I am used to being in the kitchen with the housewives and know well how to handle pots and pans. Good, said the others. Here you stay then, and boil and bake so that things will be tasty when we return. The next day, after breakfast, the smith and Martin each took a gun and went to hunt in the wood. The tailor, at home, set about preparing the midday meal, 
and ran around with his apron tied in front just like a real cook. He peeped into every corner and every cabinet until he had brought together all the ingredients he needed to make the noon meal. He wished to take great pains and to cook everything perfectly so that the others would praise him. When the pot stood over the fire and began to bubble, tap, 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 someone knocked at the house door. But the tailor could not leave the pot to see who it was and thought, if it is a man, he can walk in, for the door is open. But as the knocking kept on, tap, 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 after a while he stepped out. And see, outside, before the door sill, stood a foot-high mannequin with a fathom-long beard. The mannequin began to beg the tailor to let him into the kitchen. He was so tired, so cold, he was perishing. And he seemed so miserable and weak that he could not step over the door sill. And so the tailor had to carry him inside. Once in the kitchen, he moaned again sadly and begged the tailor to lift him onto the little bench so that he might warm himself at the fire. The tailor thought him such a poor, miserable thing that he lifted him very carefully onto the bench. When the mannequin had warmed himself a little, he began to wail again. Oh, how hungry he was! And he begged for just a little bit of meat and said that then everything would be well again. So the tailor, who was a compassionate man, pulled a small bit of meat out of the pot and gave it to the mannequin, saying, There, take that little bit. When the meat is done, you shall have all you want. But mannequin Longbeard trembled so that the bit of meat fell out of his hand and onto the floor, and he begged the tailor to pick the piece up for him. The tailor did so, but just as he bent over to pick up the meat, sprang! The mannequin jumped from the bench onto the back of his neck, then began pounding him, ha ha ha, pounding and pummeling him with his little fists. The tailor screeched and scolded, but it was of no use. The mannequin struck and tormented him till he fell to the floor half dead. And after Mannequin Longbeard had thus tortured and plagued his benefactor, he went away. No one knew where he went or from whence he came. When the tailor had recovered a little, he crept up on all fours and was sick. Sometime after midday, the others came back from the hunt and found their comrade very sick and whimpering. The fire on the hearth was out, the meat half cooked, and the soup good for nothing. And so both the hunters had a very poor midday meal. So poor, in fact, that normally they wouldn't have eaten it. But they were so hungry after the hunt. The tailor said nothing of what happened and simply went to bed. The next day, it was the smith who had to stay home and cook, while Martin and the tailor went to hunt. As the smith was cooking, tap, 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 someone knocked again at the house door. The smith had no time to see who it was, but as the knocking kept up, he went out to find who was there, and see, the mannequin was there again. But since the tailor had not shared his story, the smith knew nothing about the mannequin. Mannequin Longbeard pretended again, as he had done the day before, and the smith was full of pity for him, same as the tailor had been. The smith lifted him onto the bench, gave him a little piece of meat, and when Mannequin let it fall on purpose, the smith bent down to pick it up, and then, sprang! Mannequin Longbeard leapt onto the back of his neck. The smith tried in every way to tear him off his back, but it was of no use. Mannequin Longbeard struck, squeezed, pinched, and tortured him, till all strength left the smith, 
and he tumbled down nearly dead. Mannequin Longbeard had struck again. The smith was so badly hurt that for a long time he lay on the floor after Mannequin Longbeard left. When he finally came to his senses, he crawled right into bed. When the two others came home, they found him lying in bed and nothing ready. For, just as with the tailor, right in the middle of cooking had the misfortune befallen the smith. But though the smith said nothing, the tailor knew right well what had happened. And to the smith, it was clear why the tailor had been sick the day before. On the third day, it was Martin who had to stay home and do the cooking. And just as the food was set over the fire and had begun to cook, there came a tapping at the door. Tap, tap, tap. Martin, however, took his time and let him knock a very long while. Then, when Martin was tired of hearing the tap, 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 he went out to see who was there. And he was not surprised to find Mannequin Longbeard before the door sill. He spoke roughly to him. What kind of thing are you? Where do you come from? Now I see well who hurt my comrades yesterday and the day before. When Mannequin Longbeard heard that, he began to tremble all over his body, so that his very long beard waggled. He howled and moaned so a stone would have pity, saying, I know nothing about it. I am forsaken all over the world, despised and laughed at. I don't dare show myself among people. I have come here quite by chance, and have lost my way. Oh, pity me, sir. Let me into the kitchen so that I can warm myself a bit. Yes, I am so cold, so very cold. When Martin saw him trembling and howling, and heard his bitter pleading, he thought, This creature really is miserable. And so full of pity, he said to him, There, there, come into the kitchen for goodness sake. But Mannequin Longbeard said, Oh, I am tired and so weak that I cannot step over the door sill. Please be good enough to carry me in. That's it, is it, you howling creature? Come in if you want to. And if you don't, why stay where you are, but I won't be helping you. As Martin said this, he went back into the kitchen, poked the fire under the pot as the fire had nearly gone out, and began to skim the scum off the top of the soup. Then, Mannequin Longbeard, standing before the house, began to wail sadly and howl, and to plead that Martin would lift him up onto the bench by the chimney so that he might warm himself by the fire. Martin seized him by the beard and lifted him onto the bench. And there he warmed himself by the fire and began to flatter Martin, to speak friendly to him, and to kiss his hands. But Martin was suspicious of all this. And when Mannequin Longbeard talked too much and crept into the chimney, he seized him by the beard, lifted him up in the air, and set him down hard on the bench, saying, If you crawl up that chimney again, I will fling you like dirt out the window. After that, for a little while anyway, there was peace. But eventually, Mannequin Longbeard began to beg Martin for just one little piece of meat. For if he didn't have something soon, he would surely die of hunger. Martin responded by threatening him with the skimmer in his hand and said, Do you see this ladle? Wait till the meat is done, then you shall have some. But Mannequin Longbeard kept on whimpering, and eventually even Martin gave in. He took a small piece of meat from the pot, cut it in half, tasted it to see if it was tender, and then placed half of it in the mannequin's hand. Then, Mannequin Longbeard, on purpose, let the meat fall out of his hand and onto the floor, making his hands tremble as if they were still benumbed by the cold. 
Martin was now very angry and said, Come now, you good-for-nothing, am I your servant? He stamped the floor with his boots so hard that he almost overthrew the stove. Grasping the mannequin's beard, he shook him. Martin then stooped to pick up the piece of meat from the floor, but never took his eyes off the mannequin. Sprang! The mannequin would have leaped on his neck, but before he could land, Martin caught him by the beard. Then there was the biggest tussle you've ever seen, with twisting and turning and wrestling. Martin had to use his great strength to reach for his staff, and then, whack, crack, bang, he gave the mannequin the worst drubbing. He beat him until at last, the mannequin had to beg Martin to stop. Martin did stop, but then he picked up an axe in his right hand, grabbed Mannequin Longbeard in his left, and carried him outside. And then, whack, bang, whack, he chopped a cleft in a big tree stump. And in that cleft, he squeezed Mannequin Longbeard's beard and left him there, hanging to the stump. Meanwhile, during their hunt, the smith and the tailor had told each other about Mannequin Longbeard and how badly it had gone for each of them. They were curious to know how it had gone with Martin. When they came home from the hunt, Martin was sitting at the table and said to them, Ha ha! Come and eat till you are full. Then I will show you the bird that made you both sick. A pair of clever men you are to let such a miserable creature overcome you. Ha ha! Now they all sat down at the table and ate till noon. Martin had cooked so well that the smith and tailor kept praising him. After the meal, Martin said, Now let us go out and find Mannequin Longbeard. I have put him in a good prison and paid him back tenfold. You shall see whether he is your fellow or not. But what do you think had happened? When they reached the tree stump, ha ha, Mannequin Longbeard was not there. He had pulled so hard that he had pulled his beard out by the roots. He was gone, and he had left his long beard in the stump. <laughs>